This is a Triple J podcast. Hack. Hello, Dave Marchese with you for the Summer Hack podcast. This year, it's pretty likely we're going to see more disruptive environmental protests. We're being told we can only expect more in the years and decades ahead. And when I say disruptive environmental protests, I'm talking about things you would have seen on the news, stuff like blocking roads, bringing peak hour traffic to a standstill. And every time something like this happens, a lot of people will get really angry and they'll say, that's so dumb and it's so bad for their cause. Why would they do that? It actually sets them back by doing that because it just makes everyone angry. Is that true? Why would protesters keep doing this if they felt it was bad for their cause, that it wasn't doing anything? Well, someone who is interested at looking into this is hack reporter Joe Lauder, who does so much environmental reporting. And she spoke to some protesters who do this about why. We are standing at the front of the Arts Centre in Melbourne and uh, on Joe's request we are looking up at the Arts Spire, uh, the same Arts Spire that I climbed and um, hung a banner off. My name's Brad Homewood, I'm a member of Extinction Rebellion Victoria and a very dedicated climate activist. I'm standing with Brad on the lawn next to the Melbourne Arts Centre and we're looking up at the spire. Picture it like a mini Eiffel Tower. So far, Brad's been arrested 12 times since 2019. That's when he joined Extinction Rebellion. His biggest stunt in April 2023 was right where we are. Climbed up in the dark to that apex of the the triangle and I waited there for about 45 minutes for the sun to come up and the lights to go off because there's lights all over that grid and I didn't want to start hanging the banner just in case fire danger yeah well i just wanted to play it safe yeah i didn't want anything to catch a light i've got a lot of climbing experience i've been trained up really well and we didn't take any risks at all how did you feel about how it turned out and the response that you got uh we're very happy we're pretty sure that we would get a lot of media and we did and yeah it was basically a publicity stunt then in may last year in south australia extinction rebellion had a wave of climate protests including one where a protester abseiled from a bridge and blocked traffic, causing a traffic jam. They copped a lot of hate, and in response, the government even changed the laws and introduced huge fines for disruptive protests. And whenever these kind of protests happen, a really common response is people saying that it's actually bad for their cause. Even the Prime Minister said it at the time. It doesn't actually help the cause. Brad disagrees. He wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah, we call it shifting the Overton window, so it's what's deemed to be acceptable. We're very much at the tip of the spear, but what we do allows other people to come in our wake and do other things. And their goal is to get a very specific number of people involved. Basically, people fit into three categories. We've got there's a group of people that are going to hate us no matter what we do. There's a group in the middle that say, I agree with your cause, but I don't like your tactics. And then there's the other group on the other end that say, good on you, somebody's got to do something, and they really get it. We're trying to mass mobilise. Our theory of change is for mass mobilisation. There's a lot of social research uh, that says that if you can mobilise 3.5% of the population, uh, historically speaking, that's never failed to force a government's hand. Whether you love them or hate them, they become flashpoints for community support and community outrage as well. That's Dr Robin Gulliver. She's a research fellow at the University of Queensland and she studies the environmental movement in Australia. First up, she says these kind of protests are really rare, like less than 1% of environmental actions. She knows because she's counted. 
Our research shows that there's thousands of environmental groups and, and every year, roughly, they might engage in, say, 15,000 different types of events. And those events can range from the most common type of event, which I think in 2017, the most common type of event was actually a film screening. But you're not going to hear about most of these activities because they're not designed to generate media attention. And I guess we're kind of proving the point or the whole theory behind all of this by talking about this right now, right? We're not talking about a film screening. (laughs) Exactly. Robin says it's really hard to measure how successful disruptive protests are because it depends on what the goal is. But some climate groups internationally were worried about how much people hated their tactics. So they decided not to disrupt everyday people in the next protest. And they didn't get any attention that time. But on the other hand, some groups are going to new levels to make you notice them. And it's a great example of this, of course, is the soup throwing incident on the painting, right? Generally, art galleries are not responsible in any way more than us for climate change. And those painters, the artists, certainly are not. But the volume of media attention that particular incident, other art gallery incidents got, was overwhelming. Like... I think it was more than 50 million views across one platform for that particular incident. So, does it harm their cause? Well, there's some European researchers that looked into that question with Extinction Rebellion, and the results might surprise you. So they did a survey before these disruptive protests, which were people blowing themselves on the road, and then a survey afterwards. And they asked, what do you think of the protesters and Extinction Rebellion? And then they asked, what do you think about the issue of climate change? And yes, people really didn't like the protesters, but everybody who cared about climate change before those protests cared about it afterwards as well. And what Brad was talking about with the Overton window, Dr Robin Gulliver says there's some social research behind it. There's a very long-standing idea called the radical flank effect, which is similar to to what um, he was talking about, which is that when you have more radical people in a movement, it shifts everybody else in the movement into the more normal phase (laughs) or or seen as more normal to do this type of protest because you've got these other really radical protests doing um, this kind of socially unacceptable thing. So that is definitely... uh, there is definitely evidence to show that that does work. And look, Brad gets that some of their protests are annoying, but he thinks it works. We genuinely don't enjoy that part of it. We like to look at ourselves as the smoke alarm. So uh, the smoke alarm goes off in the middle of the night. Nobody likes being woken up in the middle of the night. Most people look back at the smoke alarm and they're really grateful that they got them out of the house because the house was on fire. Um, We very much look at our role within the climate movement as the smoke alarm of the climate movement. Summer Hack on Triple J.